This is the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus made the disciples get into the boats and go on ahead to the other side of the Sea of Galilee while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, Jesus came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it's I, do not be afraid. Peter answered, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he began to be frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hands and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped Jesus, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of our Lord. If I was the disciples, I would have been scared too. They got into the boats to cross the Sea of Galilee, which is known for sudden, violent storms. And, and I don't know exactly what the boat liked, but I'm not picturing something big. Our reading says the boat was battered by the waves and the wind was against them. And that alone would have been enough to terrify me. I've discovered I'm not made for the sea. <laughs> I'm not kidding. For our first anniversary, Annie and I went to Nantucket. You remember that? And I'm sure the water was flat and calm that day. But that ferry ride, <laughs> you know that famous ferocious ferry ride? That just about did me in. When we reached the island, I was like Tom Hanks in Castaway. <laughs> so the disciples have been fighting the elements all night. And then they see something moving across the water. In English, it says that it was early in the morning, and so maybe we picture the sun rising. But the original Greek tells us that it was actually 4 a.m. And what good happens at 4 a.m.? None! It was dark when they saw this shadowy being moving, drawing closer until it became obvious that the wind and the waves were having no effect, and it was walking on top of the water right towards them, they were terrified. Basically what I'm saying is that it was exactly like my experience on the Nantucket Ferry. <laughs> we don't think of this as a scary story because most of us have heard it before. We know who it is that's walking on the water. It's Jesus. And we know what happens next. Peter gets out of the boat and walks on the water with Jesus until at some point he notices the wind and the waves and he gets scared and starts to sink. He cries out to Jesus to save him and Jesus pulls him 
back into the boat and says, you of little faith, why did you doubt? I think there are two radically different ways to read and understand this passage. The first is to focus on Peter, whose faith was so strong that he walked on water with Jesus in the storm, but who was then overcome by fear and anxiety and worry. He took his eyes off Jesus and started to drown. And the takeaway, if we read this story like that, is that if our faith is strong enough, we too can do the miraculous. The takeaway is that fear is wrong. And if we have strong faith, you know, real John Neiman type of faith, then we won't feel any fear. That if we try hard enough and we believe hard enough, then we can just stride through the storms and struggles of our lives with ease, unaffected, untroubled. The second way to read this passage is to focus on Jesus, the one who reassured the disciples amidst their fears, the one who is unmoved and unshaken by any storms, the one who, when the wind and water were too much, immediately reached out to Peter and caught him and held him up amidst the storm. One way of reading this passage makes things all about us, And it will lead to us feeling inadequate, deficient, to constantly measuring and perhaps even questioning our faith. The other way of reading this passage makes it all about God. It gives us hope and confidence amidst even the worst situations. It brings us peace and reassurance. It reminds us that we are unconditionally loved by God and gives us courage. Can you guess which way I think we should understand this passage? (laughs) I have not become more subtle in the last three months. Listen, this may seem like a small thing, but it's important. When people ask what it means for us to be Lutheran, this is part of it. We always seek to put God at the center of the story, to make Jesus, not us, not our actions, but Jesus, the central focus. We keep the main thing the main thing. And when it comes to Jesus, the main thing is always God's love and grace moving towards us. So here's what I hope this story tells you, reminds you, proclaims to you. Whatever you're facing, whatever the storms, God won't let you sink. Storms are unavoidable in life. We know that our faith in Jesus gives us an anchor amidst all of life's struggles, a port in the storm, a shelter that sustains us and gives us strength. But you might have noticed that faith doesn't prevent us from facing struggles or magically take them away. Having faith doesn't mean that our storms and struggles are any less painful or challenging And it doesn't make us immune to fear when those storms and struggles come our way. And when people are facing times like that, one of the things I often hear folks say is, God won't give you more than you can handle. 
And I understand why people say that, that it's meant to be a form of encouragement and reassurance. But a few years ago, I dumped that phrase in the junkyard, along with old classics like, God helps those who help themselves. And it's all part of God's plan. First, because God isn't the one that brings the storms into our lives, who causes the pain and brokenness and evil of this world. And second, if you look around, you'll see there are all sorts of people dealing with more than they can handle all the time. All the time. As pastors, people welcome us into some of life's most incredible moments. It is amazing. They also invite us into some of the most painful and difficult parts of their lives when storms are raging. In our congregation right now, there are people who are going through too much, more than they should have to bear or experience. And the same, of course, is true outside our church. And honestly, life can just feel a little overwhelming all by itself sometimes, right? In our house, trying to balance two working parents with two kids and busy schedules and, oh yeah, some semblance of a social life is overwhelming. Many days, it feels like we're just trying to tread water. This world is full of people who are facing more than they can handle. And no one should feel guilty or bad about that. This world is full of people who feel in over their heads and are overwhelmed by life's struggles and storms. I bet you have felt that way sometimes too. And this passage gives us the best reassurance in the face of struggles and storms. Not, God won't give you more than you can handle, but just this. God won't let you sink. God won't let you sink. Amidst all the storms, God will be with you, will give you what you need. God's grace is sufficient for the moment, and God's power is made perfect in our weakness. When Peter started to sink, Worried that he was going to drown, we heard he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus did. And afterwards said to Peter, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And, And I've always heard that Jesus said that to criticize Peter for not being able to keep walking on water. That Jesus said it because Peter got overwhelmed by the wind and the waves. But what if instead Jesus said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Because he was asking Peter, how could you ever doubt that I would save you? Of course I will. That's who I am. That's who God is. It says immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught Peter. That's the good news I want to remember. Because it's not just true for Peter, it's true for us in all of life's storms, for you and for me. God will not let you sink, even if we're full of fear. The storm is scary when it's more than you can handle. Whether your faith feels powerfully strong or pitifully weak, whether you're keeping your eyes focused on Jesus or all you can see is the distractions of the wind and the waves, Jesus won't 
let you sink. You know, often when we read this passage, we tend to focus on the fact that Peter failed. But I got to say this on Peter's behalf. He failed spectacularly. I mean, he just went for it. He swung for the fences. When Jesus called him out onto the water, he went boldly. He took the risk and got out of the boat. He gave it all that he had, and then he just did his best to trust God with the rest. I remember when I started at my first church about 90 years ago, the senior pastor told me that if I was going to fail, he wanted me to fail in the most spectacular way possible. I did from time to time. And those words have always stuck with me. Knowing that we have the unconditional love of God, that God will not let us sink that nothing can separate us from God's love, not death and certainly not failure, I think that can make us bold. Bold, brave, daring, willing to take some risks and try new things and put ourselves out there. And that's the kind of church I want us to be, one that's willing to take risk, that's not afraid of failure, but is willing to go out into the deep waters, to swing for the fences, to try new things. Not just because they're new, but because they might allow us to better share the love of God with others. A church that is willing to be the best kind of foolish, just like Peter. Not staying in the boat where it's familiar and safe, but daring to go where Jesus is calling us. That's the kind of pastor I want to be, too. But as I spent time reading and writing and reflecting over these past three months, I realized that's not the pastor I've been over the last couple years. At least, not in the way that I want to be. When COVID started and Pastor Dan retired, thanks a lot, it was like... (laughs) It was like two storms hitting at once. One of them was like a hurricane. Sometimes I felt like I was drowning. And I wasn't the only pastor who felt this way. In all the surveys where pastors are asked, what is the hardest thing you've ever done as a pastor? The almost unanimous response is leading a church through COVID. And so many pastors didn't. So many retired early and so many left the ministry because it was just so hard. And I was scared, scared of a lot of things, but mostly I was terrified of failing, of not having what it took to meet the moment. I was scared of being the guy who, after almost 100 years of this beautiful community, I was scared of being the guy on whose watch it all fell apart. You know those pictures we have of all the pastors who have served the church? Yeah, they look a lot different sometimes when you just feel the weight of those eyes on you saying, don't mess this up. I was scared. And that fear kept me in the boat too often. It blinded me to some opportunities that I can see now afterwards. It kept me sometimes from hearing where God was calling. That's what 
That's what fear does. It blinds us to everything else until all we see is the waves and the storm. And when we make decisions from fear, they're rarely good decisions or faithful decisions. And one of the reasons, just one of the reasons, I'm so grateful for this sabbatical that you recently offered me is that it created some space for me to just stop and to pick up my head, to take some really deep breaths, to lift my eyes, to realize that these storms that were all I could see had actually passed, to set down that fear, to see and give thanks that even amidst some really stormy seas, God didn't let me sink. The trick, of course, will be remembering that during the next storm, right? That's always the trick. But thankfully, we have each other, and we have Jesus to keep reminding us that God won't let us sink. Listen, I don't think we're going to walk on water, but we can dream big and act with bold confidence and faith. We can take risks and dare to go where Jesus is calling us and not be afraid to fail because we know and we trust that God will always, always, always catch us. Amen.